welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org. Now this morning, we have an esteemed guest who's coming to speak, Ian. Let me pray for you, Ian. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for Ian, and uh, we pray that as he comes to speak to us, that the things you've laid on his heart um, would really speak to us. Lord, we want to hear what you have to say to us, and so, so Lord, we, we open our ears now, and Lord, we pray that everything that Ian says will come directly from you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you can't hear me, wave. Okay, I suppose today, if... I haven't given it a title. I mean, prophetic, prophecy, take your pick. If I was to give a title, I think, looking back now, I would say um, giving and receiving. What I'm hoping to do is to sort of teach into how we give prophecies, how we hear and how we speak them out, but also, on the other hand, receiving it as well. That's equally important, you know, knowing how to receive what God says. So in... In good teacher fashion, as an ex-teacher, can I have my first slide up, please? Yes, so I'm hoping today to look at the context, sort of the old and new covenant prophetic, just go through that fairly quickly, look at the differences and one, one key similarity. Then, probably today, in this day and age, New Testament or New Covenant prophecy, and handling the prophetic, looking at Revelation, both the hearing from God and speaking it out, interpretation of prophecy, application, and then our response to it. Hopefully, we'll get that far. We'll see. Okay, next slide, please. In the Old Covenant, uh, prophets were usually a single lone voice, often speaking against the flow of current affairs and current events. They are a specific calling and directed from God. They often live lives of immense hardship and danger. Beheaded, put down wells, stoned, all manner of things happen to them. It's not a job spec I particularly want to go for in this day and age. If it was advertised as a job, you wouldn't get that many applicants. Um, Fearful figures, usually male, not always, uh, they prophesied to a corrupt and rebellious nation. Um, they spoke of woe and punishment. Now, despite all that, prophets and prophecies were still rooted in God's love for his people. That's a key point at the end there. So let's compare that with the new, new covenant prophetic, which should be there already. Thank you. Um, all believers, all of us, can hear from God and bring prophecies. It's for normal Christians. Whatever that means, normal, it's for normal Christians, male and female, young and old. Prophecies bring encouragement, blessing and direction. They build up, they don't tear down. A prophetic calling is not a separation or an exclusion from other aspects of life in the church, in the body. Prophetic people are part of the body of Christ, functioning within the framework of that body, usually in a local church. Now, you do get itinerant prophets who go to other churches who are called to, to be involved with other, other groups, but by and large, we would hope that they've got a home base, 
a, you know, a church to come back to, a church which supports them and prays for them. That's important. Um, prophetically gifted people often interrelate and work in teams or groups. And again, the big link here is prophets and prophecies are still, still rooted in God's love for his people. That's, that's the main link, I think, between the, the old covenant and the new covenant prophetic. That, that, it's there because God, God loves his people. Um, I suppose the, the, the final, the, the last old covenant prophet was uh, John the Baptist. And the first new covenant prophet, of course, is Jesus. So the actual transition there from old to new uh, is in those two. Okay, um, next slide, please. Reading today, I think you're probably familiar with this. Uh, we've probably heard it several times in recent weeks. From 1 Corinthians, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Sorry, I'm going to turn my back on you, which I shouldn't be doing, but I haven't brought my Bible with me. So excuse my back for a moment. Uh, but you may prophesy, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Paul here has got uh, a dual purpose. He's putting tongues in perspective. He's not denigrating it. He's not saying it's wrong, far from it. But he's putting it into a, uh, into a perspective and also encouraging those in the, in the Corinthian church to, to prophesy. That was, that was his aim there in that section. Um, before we move on, we need to look at um, the differences between what we'll say, on one hand, on, imagine a continuum. At this end, we've got all of us. All of us can, can prophesy. We're called to be, be prophetic in that sense. On the other end of the continuum, I'm trying not to sort of say one is better than the other. It's a, a linear thing. There's a specific calling on some people to be prophets, to minister uh, in that role. Particular calling. So, Exactly. Next slide, please. Sorry, I forgot. Next slide, prophesy. One end of the continuum. Other end, there's a specific ministry calling to be a prophet. In the middle, more ambiguous or less clear-cut, is the growing role of people to, who are called to develop their prophetic gifting. So that's a a less clear-cut position. There's a sort of a growing, developing phase of prophecy for a number of people. Excuse me. Okay, let's look at handling the prophetic. Now the next slide, please. Three phases of a prophecy. I was tempted to call it four, but uh, the books all say three, so I'm going to stick with three. The first one being revelation, and that includes hearing from God and speaking it out. Uh, I'm quite a logical person. Personally, I would have gone for two of those. Never mind. Uh, Officially, it's three. 
interpretation and application. Um, it's right to desire God's gifts. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul begins by saying, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Verse 39 is even more specific. Uh, earnestly desire to prophesy. God leads us by using our desires. It's not wrong to desire something. If we love him and want to see him glorified, then we can trust our desires, the things that are important to us, things in our heart, because he's put them there. Desiring a prophetic gifting is not wrong, providing our motives are right. Motives is an important thing, obviously. But remember, we, we actually walk with God to have a relationship with him. We, we walk with God to be with him, not just to get prophecies, not just to hear, to say things, to do things. It's out of a relationship. To some extent, um, spiritual gifts, particularly prophecy, it's almost, a, if I use this term, it's almost a byproduct of our closeness to God. Yeah, it's, it's something which God gives us as we draw close to him. And I, I mean, I, I believe that and the closer we are, the more likely we are to be given prophecies to bring, things to bring. Um, all prophecy is revelation. We don't have to strive for it. It comes to us uh, unasked. It's a grace gift. And the greatest revelation is, is the actual is the Bible. So nothing we're given to speak, nothing we, we are called to say uh, prophetically is ever going to counteract or go against what God has said in his word. Uh, spiritual gifts aren't given to us as a reward for our good behaviour. They're not performance-related, but rooted in identity. It's, it's in who we are. We should have a healthy sense of expectation. We should expect God to give us things like that. Yeah, because he, he, he says he will. So, we, you know, it's healthy to expect a loving father to give you good things. And there's no stereotypical prophetic model. So there's no pressure to conform to being a certain type of person. We hear from God in different ways. Personality, experiences, uh, expectations. They all affect how we hear from God. We need to be aware of things like mental images, phrases, stories, events, even dreams. Uh, things that have happened to us. God can use our circumstances to speak to us if we're ready to sort of listen and to be aware of when he's speaking. Um, I've, I've rarely had dreams from God. Very rare. Occasionally, but in all these I've been a Christian. Very, very rare. Yet I can see things that are happening when I'm out, go for a run or out, out walking, and I can sense God speaking to me through the things I see in nature. Just for me. For other people, it might be different. God speaks in a whole range of different ways. Two important requirements for receiving prophecies from God are availability and obedience. If we look at the principle of the talents, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, it's relevant. Uh, we, we must put to use whatever God gives us. God may give you small prophecies or ones you don't even understand. Speaking these out faithfully shows God that you're available and willing to use whatever he gives you and not hide it away, as in the talents. When we respond to the small words, it shows God that he can trust us with bigger words. 
when I think I'm hearing from God, I tend to think about it, pray it through in my head. Sometimes I let the idea go. I sort of, if, if it's God, he's going to keep it alive. I trust him to keep it alive in my think, thought process. And I'm, I'm quite a forgetful person. I do tend to forget things. So if it's still there later in the meeting, or even the next day or the next week, I think, yeah, it must, must be you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, it must be you. I tend to sort of, uh, it's a bit of a test. And I don't, I don't really like that word test, but it's a bit of a test maybe. Um, often it gets to the point where I know I've got to speak. It's, it becomes harder to keep quiet than to speak out. It's more difficult to keep my mouth shut than to open it. <laughs> um, and we can ask God to confirm the prophecy. It's actually from him. On lots of occasions, I've asked God to do that, and, and the words of the next song, or somebody else praying something, has actually confirmed it. And I use the word permission. It's given me permission to get on my feet and actually say something, because God has put something else in somebody else's mind as well. Uh, you know, God works in a whole range of people, and I think, I think it's an interrelational thing as well. Which uh, is really nice to, to know that other people are on the same wavelength. God's, God's using other people, and it all comes together to bless the people. Um, another question that I think is important to ask is Is it just for me, Lord, or is it for other people? And I, I, I tend to believe that if God speaks in a meeting, then what He's given me is for people in that meeting, as a general principle. Um, if I'm spending time with God on my own, whenever, morning, evening, whatever, and he, he speaks to me then, it's more likely it's for me personally, individually. It's not, it's not a hard and fast rule, but I tend to think, well, if he's speaking to me in a meeting with other people, then it's more than likely a word for general consumption. Um, sometimes God gives us a word, a picture, prophecy and it's not the whole thing it sort of starts 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 us off put something in our, in, our, in our head and it's there and i think we can say lord give us a bit more what's, what's the rest what's the extra 10 percent it's almost like wringing out a cloth you want to get get everything from it you want to get the whole lot so you, you ask for a bit more and there usually is uh sometimes we have to stand up on our feet and start speaking before we get that bit more that's a bit scary. Well, you've, got, you've, got, you've got the first half. You, you know you've got what's something from God. Uh, and it's not, it's not the whole lot. So you have to stand up and speak. And by and large, you tend to get the rest. Or somebody else does. Could be another person. You know, don't, 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 don't be afraid to share uh, a prophetic word. <laughs> you, know, it's, you might only get the first half. Um, most prophecy is situational. Uh, God cares for us and speaks to us in our individual lives, but sometimes we're given very clear words for specific individuals as well. Um, also, don't, don't limit God by thinking he only gives you prophetic words for Christians. Because how we phrase things is important. We could say to fellow Christians, the Lord is saying this, this, and this, but it might not be the best expression to use if you feel you want to speak to somebody in the pub or somewhere else, you know, just, we have to sort of be, uh, be thoughtful how we phrase things. But God does give words uh, beyond, beyond the meeting, beyond, beyond here, obviously. 
Um, sorry, I lost my place there. I digressed there. Just give me a sec. Yeah, yeah. Um, if God puts a prophetic calling on our lives, then I believe he will seek to ensure that our character can live up to that calling. Um, that might mean, or probably almost certainly will mean, some challenging and uncomfortable times ahead. We get the anointing as a gift. But the character that goes with that anointing has to be worked at. And that's not always easy. I won't give you any personal details, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah God, God, God will, as, as a way of, of bringing you uh, to the right character for what he's given you. I think he's still working. Well, he's still working on me. To certainly, yeah, I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not there yet. A long, a long way short. Phil smiling. A, lo- a long way short yet. <laughs> but then again, aren't we all? Um, the way we live must never compromise or undermine the message that God gives us. Um, prophetic people aren't super saints, but like all sort of ministry, they're often under the microscope. It's going to be a bit scary. If you stand and open your mouth, then obviously you are under a bit of a a microscope. Um, And the prophetic calling brings frustrations. We we as a people must be aware that uh, when people have prophecies, they tend to live in the future. A lot lot of their thinking and their heart is often in the future, in the expectation of that prophecy being fulfilled. But they're Everyday life, of course, is in the present. So there's a, there can be a bit of a tension there. And it's, it's important that people can recognise that. Okay, I'm not quite sure where I got to. Let's look at uh, delivering a prophecy, actually speaking it out. Um, two, two components, two parts to, to speaking out what you feel God's given you. Revelation, which we've mentioned, discussed already, and courage. Uh, personally, I believe it's better to actually say the wrong things with good motives, wanting to honour God, bless him, serve the people. You, you can make mistakes, get it wrong with good motives. That's better, I, I personally believe, than keeping quiet for bad motives, fear of people, fear of looking silly. Yes, it's, it's, it's human, it's realistic, it's, you know, it's understandable, but it's probably better to actually make a mistake, get it wrong even, if your motives are right. Heaven applauds obedience, not outcome. It's not the outcome. Heaven is happy, glad, whatever. Applauds us for being obedient. Um, When God gives you a prophetic word, it's a gift. He's actually given you something. He's given you something precious, his word. It's yours for a time. When he speaks to you, you have in your mouth, your hand, your heart, whatever, you've got God's word. It's incredible. This is the God who created the cosmos. Every single planet you put there is actually telling you something and he's giving you something of his. That's, that's, that's awesome. I think you know, if, if you have prophecies, and you ever lose that sense of awe, then stop prophesying. It's awesome that God gives you his word. It's, and it's yours for all time. Um, but as, he, as he does that, he also gives you 
I use the word responsibility. Some people say burden. Personally, I prefer the word responsibility. It gives you a responsibility, a sense of responsibility to handle the word he's given you. There's a need to speak it out. When we do speak it out, we actually give it away. We give away the word that God's given us. It's no longer ours. It's no longer our responsibility. It's that, that responsibility has been uh, passed away. Well, so there's probably a better word for it than that, but given away. Yeah? Um, it's a great temptation to actually prophesy over somebody or some people and then chase it up, you know, a week later, uh, to go and sort of say, have you done this? Have you done that? Of course, uh, as caring fellow Christians, we can, we can be concerned about somebody's welfare and what they're doing. That's fine. But we, what we mustn't do, and I know I've been guilty of this, is to actually safeguard our prophecy, if you like. You know, try and hang on to the ownership of it. Yeah? It's, it's gone. It's left you. You've given it away. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting a bit on a moment. It's a, that's a bit of a, a passion for me, that, that aspect. Sorry, I'm <laughs> a bit carried away there. We're no longer accountable. We've got to let it go. Okay, let's look at some practicalities in meetings. Um, if you feel God speaking to you, if you've got something to say, uh, go to the front. Don't wait too long, though, because things, things move on. Uh, it's, it's really frustrating to go home and think, oh, I wish I'd said that. Sometimes I said that, sometimes I said that, and mine fitted in perfectly. But I didn't get up. It's, again, I'm speaking from experience. I've been there. Um, take it to the leader at the front, whoever's hosting the meeting. If they give you permission, speak it out. Uh, they take responsibility then. It's on their shoulders. Yeah? You, you, yours is gone. Yeah, it's on Peter's shoulders then. If he says no, it's on his shoulders as well. <laughs> um, the person hosting the meeting might feel it's not right at that time. They, they can sense the flow of the Spirit. They can sense when. So we must trust them to bring you back or have you to wait and speak your prophecy at the right time. There's a right time and a, a not-so-right time, certainly. Um, they'll they'll recognise the best time. It might even be that there's been enough prophetic words that morning for us to take in. There's got to be a processing, and there's a point where it's a, bit like, uh, it's a bit like chocolate. You can have too much. I know it's hard to believe that, I know, but you can get to a point where you've had too much chocolate. And the same with prophetic words. You know, they, they, they become difficult to digest after a while. So it might be um, not for that day. There's got to be a processing response. Another t- a point about timing a prophetic word, it should never take our attention away from Jesus. If we're worshipping, we need sensitivity. Not my greatest gift. We need sensitivity. Um, if we're all focused on Jesus, worshipping, it probably wouldn't be, it would, would be insensitive to bring a word about feeding the poor. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with the word, it's just the timing. It, it draws us away from Jesus at that time. And the language used is important as well. You've got to use language that's natural to you. It's not wrong to say, I believe the Lord is saying, but thus saith the Lord Almighty on this day is not normally the way we speak. So I I wouldn't recommend that style, um, really. Uh, Using things like I believe or a similar phrase 
gives you some maneuverability. It allows room for honest error. It also speaks of humility, which is another key to hearing from God. Sometimes with spontaneous prophecies, and what I'm talking about are things that are spontaneous in meetings, spontaneous prophecies. Um, God gives us the first part only, and we have to take a step of faith and trust God to give us a rest. I think I've already said that, so I'll leave that. Um, we must also know when to stop prophesying. It's very easy, especially in a group or with a group of loving, caring, supportive Christians. Yeah, yeah, so that's you out there. Yeah, uh, to add on what we think the rest should be. So we move from what God's saying to what I'm saying. It's it's not easy to define where that gap is, that change. Now we can we can. It's easy to get carried along and add too much, and it becomes me, or whoever's at the front here, rather than God speaking. So just be aware of that. Um, when we prophesy over an individual, there should be a trusted third person present, someone with discernment or wisdom. If a male is bringing a prophecy or a prophetic word to a female, then that third person should be a female, really, for, you know, for obvious reasons, to sort of safeguard both the, the person speaking and the person receiving. Um, and also, if it's a third person, they can bring a more objective viewpoint and could remember or record the prophecy for, for the future. That's an important thing, recording prophecies and actually remembering them. I've just realised I missed out a whole page here. Never mind. It's okay. Phil, Phil did say earlier on when we were praying not to worry about my notes, but to, to share my heart. I'm hope, hoping I'm doing that. Um, let's move on to interpretation. A prophecy might not be fully clear. It might be couched in language, very rich in imagery. Um, there could be a vagueness about it even. But interpretations should clarify things. When there's an interpretation, it, it clarifies that. brings a context, possibly. Interpretations should move something abstract to something more concrete. Some prophecies are so obvious that they need little interpretation. Sometimes the interpretation is brought by someone other than the person who gave the prophecy. God might just give you a prophecy, but somebody else could know the interpretation. Again, it's this, it's this teamwork group aspect that is part of New Covenant prophetic. Um, our prior knowledge of someone's circumstances can hinder how well we can receive revelation. If, if I pray for somebody or prophesy over somebody and I know a lot about their background and their situation and what they're going through, I find it hard to be objective. I find it hard to to actually recognise what God's saying and separate it from what I know already. I'm not, I'm not saying don't prophesy or pray for somebody that you know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying be aware that that, that knowledge uh, that you have of that person could affect the way you hear from God. Yeah? Um, it can muddy the waters a little bit. We can feel freer to bring prophetic words if we don't know the circumstances of the person or people receiving the word. Now, I haven't got many funny stories, but I do remember just one, slightly funny one, from years ago, I went, long time, I had hair in those days, young man, 
I went with a, with a speaker to a, a, sort of a local church in Kent. It was a sort of Baptist chapel type place. Not the sort of place you would expect there to be many prophecies, and there weren't. But I had something, and I, and I thought, shall I speak it out? And the person I was with said, yeah, you do. Okay, so I, I spoke out this prophecy. It was, it was about uh, a, a woman there with marital problems, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I spoke it out, and a deathly silence fell. Not, not, not a whisper. And then the meeting closed, and we walked out. And as we were walking out, this, ah, can I say it kindly? Imperious lady boomed out, I want a word with you, young man. Yeah, that shows you how old it was, how long ago it was. And uh, yeah, it was for her, so we prayed for her. And I, I forget the outcome, but uh, yeah, I didn't know her circumstances. And I suppose it carried more authority because I didn't know it. Had I known all about her marital circumstances, thank goodness I didn't, it, it would not have had the same power or the same authority uh, as it did. Okay, back to the plot. Um, interpretation. There, there may not be an immediate interpretation. It's another reason why we ought to record prophecies. You know, we need to write them down. Pray them through, revisit them. Uh, share them with a trusted friend. We must also avoid the temptation to manufacture a fitting interpretation. It's going back to what I said before. We can, we can easily add on our human common sense bit. Very, easily, very easy to do that. Must be careful to avoid that. Um, right, application. During the, the revelation phase and the interpretation phase, for once of, once of a better expression, the people receiving a prophecy, they're, to a great extent, they're fairly passive. It's being spoken over them, the interpretation is being given, and we receive it fairly passively. We, we listen, you know, we agree, whatever. Um, this phase really is where the person receiving the prophecy is more active. They're more likely to be involved. When you receive a prophecy, you need to be saying things like, uh, what does it mean I need to do? What is God asking of me? What, what response do I need to make? Yeah? Uh, prophecy is not inevitability. When God speaks, it's not inevitable that that thing will come to pass in a prophecy. I'm pausing there to let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? It's, it's actually more a call to align ourselves with God's will. Yeah? God is saying, this will take place, providing you line yourself up with my will, agree with me. It's a, it's a call to, uh, to work with God, if you like. It's not an inevitability. Um, revelation and interpretation and application can be given by three different people, maybe even at three different occasions, on three different occasions. So, you know, if you've got a prophecy, don't, don't, don't worry about not having the application or the, sorry, the, the interpretation. They, they can be separate entities. That's a, quite a sudden finish there, so I think I have finished. Um, I found my missing page, but I think I'll leave that. Oh, no, no, I haven't. I beg your pardon. I'm getting my pages mixed up here. Let's look at our response. Um, yeah, sorry. There, there is something else. I, am, I haven't done, sorry. Uh, next slide, I think, please. Yeah, way, way in prophecy. Um, God speaks through prophecy because he wants to do something in people's lives. Uh, in order for that to happen, 
He wants us to be a part of it. We've got a responsibility to cooperate with it. I think I'm repeating myself, sorry. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 21 warns us not to quench the spirit, not to despise prophecies, but to test or weigh them. And I'm suggesting here six things we can do, uh, either individually or corporately, to weigh prophecies. The first is to ask, is it positive? If you remember, new covenant prophecies, upbuilding, edifying, positive, supportive. Uh, does it edify, encourage, comfort, warn? You know, a warning from God is God showing his love. It may even be a call for repentance. It's still God showing his love to us. So is it positive? Can we sense the Holy Spirit as the initiator? Does the prophecy hold true to scripture or go against it in any way? Does the prophecy glorify Jesus or enable us to give him glory? Is it manipulative or controlling in any way? Do we know and trust the person bringing it? Do they have a good character and a prophetic track record? Again, for want of a better expression. And I'm not saying you apply every single one of those on every occasion. But by and large, those are good safeguards when you hear prophecy. If it's a major uh, directive prophecy to the church possibly, uh, or to a group, or to, or to one individual in their lives, it might mean major changes, then it's best to have more than one person involved. You know, bring, bring somebody else in uh, with you. If it's for you, personally respond. It may not be possible immediately. So we need to cultivate the habit of recording what God reveals to us. We can take it away, pray about it, discuss it with friends. So recording prophecies, I think, is important. Uh, the same principle applies to us as a church. We need to record and revisit prophecy, well, as we do. And there are prophecies for this church that we often look at, pray through, revisit. Things still ongoing. There should be an intentionality about our response. Prophecies usually require action, something we need to do. We have to cooperate with God. A sobering question is, if we don't respond to prophecies, will God continue to give them to us? Directional prophecy must be given to the leaders and may well be best delivered to the church body by them rather than by whoever brought the prophecy to them in the first place. Having received the prophecy and prayed it through together, they are then responsible. Sorry, I'm pointing at you, sorry. Um, the prophet, as I said before, has released from his responsibility, or her, sorry, his or her responsibility. When someone brings a prophecy, especially publicly, he or she has become vulnerable, especially if it's the first time. As people bring in prophecies, we shouldn't be looking for praise or adulation, but encouragement is important. It's not like it was really good that you stepped out, well done. You're actually praising their courage rather than their ability. You know, it's, it's courage and yeah, you're, you're an obedience that you're praising. Um, it can make a difference between that person continuing to, to practice their prophetic gift or not. Also, we need to know if you've got it right. When a prophecy hits home with you, try and tell the person who brought it. Try and say, oh, yeah, that was good, that, that helped me. Uh, I've done this, and 
give, give them some feedback. It's, it's quite difficult to bring a prophecy and to leave the building and hear nothing else about it. It's, it, it, it's almost, it's like sort of a, there's no conclusion. It would, it, it certainly helps to be told, yeah, that, or even, no, that, that, that was not quite right, <laughs> and pray it through with somebody. But usually it's, it's good to be told, yeah, um, yes, uh, I received that, thank you, yeah. Um, the actual message itself is from God, and it's, it's him who gets the praise. We, we might be thanked um, and told, yeah, you're obedient, well done, that was good, thank you. But God gets the glory, it's his word, and we're delivering his word. That's it, I have finished. That's the last page. The only, the only other thought was a call for people who feel they've got a prophetic gift to come to the front at some point and pray for us. We'll do that, shall we? Sorry, Pedro. Um Yeah, I'm sorry, this is, I'm a bit nervous now. If you feel uh, that you are called to move in the gift of prophecy, if you feel that uh, you want to develop that gift, could you come to the front and be prayed for? Please. <laughs>